0: Perhaps what impact technology and social media have had on content creation or in general the impact of current affairs on the industry. I also try and find out the journey behind each individual's success as this is more important to me than the actual travel. This episode aired on my YouTube channel on the 1st of March 2021 and I spoke with Natasha Cotti. Our biggest topic of discussion was how you can find love whilst your first love is travel.
1: How's it going? Good, how are you? I'm uh, not too bad. We've been talking for about, what, three, four months properly? Yeah, right?
2: I feel like we're best friends already.
1: Well, and obviously, you were in London uh, during Levison Woods uh, Talk. How's Texas?
2: It's good, you know? They've started um, opening up all the restaurants now. So, like, I think this weekend the bars will be open. Um, oh, wow. Me and my dad... We did a quick trip to Fredericksburg for the okay. weekend, and, I mean, so some places, I would say it was about 50% capacity, so some of the wineries were still closed, uh, but I would say half of them were opening up. Uh, it was weird because they're like, okay, you can come in, but do a bottle service. There was no, right. like, you couldn't do individual glasses.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. What part of Texas are you
2: from? So currently, I live in McGregor, uh, but all my family's in Austin. So, Gregor, Texas is a small town about, I would say, 20 minutes from Waco, and Austin's about an hour, 45-minute drive.
1: What have you been up to since, since you've been, locked? well, technically locked down now? I'm
2: writing a book, which I told you about. Yeah. It's, I would say, about halfway done. I need to edit. Editing, for me, is the most difficult because, you know, you have to, like, I'm a perfectionist with words, yeah, yeah. so I, it has to be perfect before... I send it in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been doing the writing, I've been doing a lot of uh, photo books, like the one I sent you. Yeah. Just organizing all my pictures.
1: Yeah. Got that here by the way as well. So thank. You. I mean, oh my got, God. Just got it yesterday as well. So uh, pretty cool, I think. So thank you very much. Really, really appreciate it.
2: You're welcome. I'm so happy you got it.
1: How long have you been in, in the airline industry then? You've been working for...
2: 12 years total
1: traveling around the world non-stop does it become because I was trying I was talking to someone um, a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and they said it becomes a bit of a job and then whether you enjoy the travel but that's another, another another question does traveling become a bit of a oh you know what I'm in the air again you know, <laughs> the, jet, the jet lag and everything does it become quite a bit of a burden or is it still part of the the excitement?
2: That's a great question. For me, I love traveling. And so it, you know, with every job, you know, it's like a love-hate relationship. Like, of course you get tired and like, oh, I don't really feel like it today, but I really, this is the longest job I've ever had. And so it really doesn't feel like a burden, not yet at least, because there's so much flexibility. You know, you can drop trips, you can swap trips out, and like, you know, I've been, you know, my goal was to do a new country every month. Yeah. And so over the last, I would say seven years um, with the regional airline, I was doing like two countries every month and then it kind of slowed down yeah. a little bit and then I picked it up again. So, I mean, you do get burnt out a little bit, just because you're constantly moving, you know, living out of a suitcase. Yeah. But for me, it'll always be a passion. I'll always have that wanderlust bug, you know? I don't think that'll ever change. I mean, of course, if I meet somebody and settle down and have kids, I think that would make things complicated, but I would hope that whoever I decide to marry would love traveling too, and so we could travel the world together. And then, of course, our kids will have to love traveling because, <laughs> you know, they're going to be with us. So
1: you mentioned um, relationships, and you, you said that prior. Uh, and your book that you're you're writing is based on traveling and dating, isn't it? Um, yes. So, with the travel, have you have have you felt it's affected your relationships? Because I think, uh, let me tell you my story when it comes to relationships. I think because my passion is also traveling, mm-hmm. you sort of neglect whatever relationships you've had prior, or you, you've got you don't really focus on it because you know you, all you want to do is go to the next ne- next destination. but I think I've not focused on it, and I reckon because of that. I mean, there was one year where I went through, You don't want to know how many, you know, uh, it was just, I just couldn't put a finger on it. I think it was because of my mindset was like, you know what, all I want to do is travel. I can't really have a relationship with anyone. Has that been similar to you? Or I'm quite curious to find out if it's the same with other explorers, Mm -hmm. other travelers.
2: It's definitely difficult uh, dating. (laughs) I my longest relationship was 5 years and it was actually with another flight attendant so it was perfect in a way because we could travel together and you know we could work trips together and the scheduling it wasn't too bad because you just kind of you can complement their schedule like okay we're going to plan for these days off or at least be in the same city for this layover so i think relationships are just hard in general but then you add you know, the traveling aspect and it's like a long distance relationship has always proven to be difficult, but it's not impossible. Mm -hmm. If you, if you really feel strongly about this person and, you know, if it's the right person at the right time, I really feel like you can do it. It just takes both parties to want to make that effort, you know? Yeah. I met so many couples uh, when I was in New Zealand I met this couple who met in Thailand at the hostel. And I mean, they've been traveling together ever since. So that was, gosh, five years ago. And they just had a baby and they moved to, I believe, she was from Sweden and he was uh, from Canada. So they, they moved to Canada and that's where they live now. So I think they go back and forth to see her parents in Sweden. So it's definitely... You know, difficult I'm sure with like visas and getting all that situated but it's if both people want to make it work I feel like it's definitely doable for sure
1: someone someone gave me advice not too long ago recently saying mm-hmm. what you're probably looking for isn't what you're probably going to end up with so what you need to do is you need to write down what you're looking what what sort of what's the personality you're looking for and if you can tailor yourself to that it, it, let's just say travel is is part of it you know um then there's a chance because otherwise you are sort of married to your travel aren't you it's like a relationship where you know it's hard to, it's it's like i can't explain it but it's i think about going you know being stuck here um for three months or whatever it's been not not being able to move Mm-hmm. And talking to people like yourself on on Instagram or going live with other other travellers, um, that's been sort of like a joy for me. Um, it, so again, uh, am I sort of missing out on on the relationship part? You know, uh, you know, I should be really going online, maybe looking for for girls online and stuff. But uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's just it's just one of those things where I, I think you have to be hundred percent committed because people that do get married at the age of twenty two, twenty four, whatever. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, they probably got one goal in life, and that's just maybe getting married and settling down and stuff. But I think for us, we don't really want to settle. That's the that's the thing. That's that's what I that's what I think anyway. Mm -hmm. Settling is almost like I don't know, giving up on something. Um, I I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm talking rubbish, but I I don't know. I don't know what you think.
2: (laughs) No, I agree. It's like you're scared to give up your freedom. Cause you're like, okay, if I get married, I got to settle down. I won't be able to travel to this country or, you know, you do give up. I feel like you always will sacrifice something in relationship. But if both, you know, people have a lot, you know, everything in common, right? If they both love to travel, they could decide on a city that they want to like live in Then it won't be so much like, Oh, I'm giving up something. Or he has to give up something, you know, if you have, just have similar goals and similar values and outlook in life that I think you can make it work, you know, but it should be natural. You shouldn't have to force it like, and do all these, you know, all these dating apps, which I swear, I feel like I've tried them all and they're <laughs> just, they don't work. You know, you have to meet in person to see if there's chemistry. And I don't know. I mean, I've met, it's definitely, I've met a lot of people for sure, but, Maintaining that relationship while you're traveling as you know, that's where it gets hard.
1: Have you have you got any any embarrassing stories or
2: I actually almost started dating a Semi-famous travel blogger, oh. but it didn't yeah, it's it kind of ended before it really started unfortunately But uh, I won't give his name. Yeah, I'll protect yeah. you know privacy or whatever but You look up, like, I was looking up to this travel blogger for 10 years, you know, he's pretty big, and he inspired me to travel, and, uh, you know, great guy, but when I met him in person, he was not kind of what I Mm -hmm. expected, you know, and there was a lot of drinking involved, and, you know, I won't go into too much detail, but, um, you know, nice guy, but it just, it didn't work out. So, but it was, it was really neat to meet someone that you've been idolizing for so yeah. long, like Levison Wood, you know, he yeah. definitely lived up to the hype for sure. Super awesome guy. You know, we went to the, did you go to the after party?
1: No, I mean, after- I, I met him uh, just prior to him going on stage and we spoke for about 10 minutes, but um, really, I mean, he gave me the, t- I found it because when you meet, let's say your idol, you become quite disappointed because when you speak to them, you're like, oh, what was I idolising him about? But when I spoke to him, he was genuinely listening into what I was saying, uh, like reacting to my questions or reacting to what I was saying and then asking me follow-up questions. And you could tell he was genuinely interested. But when you speak to some, a lot of people uh, that you meet and they're your idol or whatever... They don't really, they're not that interested, but you really gave me the time. Did you feel that as well when when you spoke to him?
2: Very genuine. He was very charismatic. Uh, you know, he asked me questions about my life. And, you know, That's I mean, cool. yeah. it was really neat. And, you know, I got to meet a lot of his friends and his, the illustrator, actually, for his book, The Last Giants. She was there. She has the same name as me. Tasha oh, okay. super, yeah, super nice, super talented. We actually keep in touch as well. And we're talking about writing a children's book together. Ooh. So it was such a neat opportunity. And obviously I got to meet you out of it. Yeah, yeah. So it was really like the networking aspect, you know, was really cool. And I hope to see him again and Tasha Targus again and all the, you know, all the cool people that night was, it was a, real, a lot of fun.
1: Dale, who's actually based in Boston, um, wrote okay. about the dating side of it. They did a long distance between London and Boston for eighteen months. I eventually married, her, moved to Boston. We both love to travel, and are lucky to travel with work. So there you go. The, that, that's, a, that's a that's a story in itself, isn't it? Where long distance relationship mm-hmm. for eighteen months, London, Boston. You know, it works out. You know, so there, there is hope for long distance um, relationships. And-
2: yes, I love those stories. You know, I'd love to write a book about all the ways that you met while traveling. You know, I think that would be really cool. And I know it's possible. I mean, a lot of my flight attendant friends who are absolutely gorgeous, they have, you know, amazing job, you know, they're, they have great personalities. Like there's no way, there's no reason why this girl is still single, you know? And I'm like, like, what's the deal? And like you too, I mean, you're a good looking guy. Why are you still single? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Ask the girls that have gone out with me. (laughs) I've got Andrew's put down here um, in his hostel. Six got married after meeting at his hostel. So that's a a success, isn't it?
2: Wow. See, I love that. Yeah. And the hostel is a great place to meet people. So definitely, I just need to live in a hostel, you know.
1: Hostels can be hit and miss sometimes um, because depending on your age group. So as I'm getting older, when you go into Mm. hostels, they're going to be in the early 20s, probably in the late teens. Um, I mean, I was in a hostel in Laos uh, just before Christmas and I I mean, I stayed in a private room anyway, but I found quite a lot of the the kids quite uh, too loud for me. And um, I don't know whether that's just Mm -hmm. being old or I don't know, I just couldn't really, I mean, I, I was able to speak to them and stuff, but I just couldn't really. I'm about to say like an old man, but I couldn't get to their level. <laughs> it was just a, stay. You
2: know, like I like to book like the private rooms. That way, I still have like the community feel, but I can go back and have my own space in the private room. So that's what I've done over the years. Like I used to always stay in the dorm, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm getting older. I need my space. So then I'll book the private room.
1: A girl from Texas. You don't really hear often, you know, wanting to travel, you know. How did it all start for
2: you? I was actually, uh, I was teaching English in China for about a year. And let's see, well, let's back up to the, we'll go to college. Because I didn't really have the interest until I graduated college. I had a coworker who had taught English in Thailand for a year. And I was still kind of figuring out like what I wanted to do with my life. I wasn't super happy with my job. I was a, a youth counselor. So my goal, you know, was to become a family therapist, my degrees in social work. And so I was like, you know, I'm not really, of course, I love helping people. And I'm glad I have the degree, but I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't really happy with the job. And so when my coworker had said, yeah, I just got back teaching English in Thailand, I thought that was the coolest thing. So I was like, you know what, I think I'll do that too. So I did some research online and I found uh, a really good organization through basically in Sheyang, China. It's kind of, it's not a smaller town, but it's not like Beijing or, and it's not super touristy either. It's in the Northeastern part of China near North Korea actually. And they offered me a really nice deal with, you know, free flights. Um, my apartment was free. Yeah. I only had to teach, was it three classes? Yeah, two, three classes, and I was done by 12. So then I had the rest of the time to explore and kind of, you know, see, see things. But as I was coming back, I had a layover in San Francisco. So it was about two days on the way back from China, and I was at a karaoke bar. And I met this guy, and he was like, "You, if you love to travel, you should become a flight attendant." And that's how that whole thing started because okay. that idea never even crossed my mind. I just knew I wanted to travel and see the world. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I definitely wanted to see the world. And from that conversation, I was like, "Yeah, you know, free flights—that's <laughs> nice."
1: The incredible mm-hmm. story that it, it sort of stumbled on from well from teaching. Really, one of the things you've conquered. It's the Seven Wonders mm-hmm. of the World. Um, it's, it's rare that you meet someone who, who asks, who's done the same thing. So I want to ask you, what would you say from the seven that you've done? I will not say favorite, but what would you say was the most memorable?
2: You know, I have to say the Taj Mahal in India. I love India. It's another one of my top five countries for sure. Just I've described it as kind of i don't want to say a beautiful disaster but india is it's a magical place it's so special i mean the culture and like the religions that are all intertwined together Um, of course all the different you know tourism and like uh, the taj mahal it was so cool to see all that and the history behind it and i don't know I, i want to say it's probably been around well, the Colosseum in Rome as well, like those two have been around the longest.
1: Well, the Taj Mahal I think is around about 500 years. Colosseum goes back, I think it's the before Christ be, or it might be the AD, I can't remember it. it's one of those, um, yeah. but the history of it though. I think for me, it's, I was trying to tell someone the other day as well, when I'd done the Seven Wonders, I think I started mm. the journey in 2016, finished it in 2018. It wasn't necessarily. it didn't have to be the Seven Wonders, but at that time, what I what I said to myself was, well I'm turning thirty soon. When I turn seventy, will I look back in life and go, what did I do? What did I achieve?'" Because yeah, most people in life would get a major from university or buy a house or you know get married and stuff, but is that a extraordinary feat? Um, so in 16 i said to myself like okay let me see if i can achieve something extraordinary it doesn't have to be a, i mean it turned out to be the seven wonders
2: i want to say the seven wonders is a good place to start right because it's you can't see everything yeah but if you start with the seven wonders you're going to go there and i'm like okay well this is like the main attraction why i'm coming but then you get to see all this extra bonus you know places that you would have never have thought otherwise. And then all of a sudden, your bucket list is, like, growing and growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and also I like the variety of the Seven Wonders because, you know, I wanted to see Scotschitz and Itza, but then Machu Picchu, you know, and then the Coliseum. Like, you're getting a little bit of, a little taste of all these different countries, you know. And, um, yeah, I mean, my bucket list has, it's crazy long now. But it's a good place to start for sure, especially when you're in school, you you're like, okay, of course, you know, they say go to college, get a degree and then then you can travel. Right. Kind of like when you retire. But I want to change that whole like the order, at least in the US, it's like go to college and then you graduate, get married, you know, and then you don't get to do all the fun stuff or it's all fun, but you know what I mean. You don't actually get to travel until you're like in your sixties. Mm. I'm like, what's the point of that? You're going to be too old to do anything.
1: You might not be in a position to travel at sixty. You might your legs might have fallen off or whatever. So I I, I yeah. tell people, why wait when you're retired? Do it now because anything can happen. You know your health. Exactly. I guess Your your health. You know your health could deteriorate and stuff. So. Just do it, and that's another thing when, when you go back to that relationship aspect. I like This is where again in my mindset, I've got to do it now before I'm old or get married, and whatever you know, otherwise, I won't get a chance and stuff. One of the things, um, if people are working from online, potentially you can work remotely from anywhere, can't you? So, you've mm-hmm. got more of a chance to work from anywhere if as long as you've got good Wi Fi, why can't you? So, that, that's that's possibly one of the things because. Remote working is be, going to become more and more if you don't necessarily need an office space, you know, it probably will give an opportunity for people to go work from working. It'll be nice to work in Paris, you know, uh, during a weekday and spend yeah. a weekend there or something. Or, um, but that, that's I mean, that's possibly potentially something that we could maybe fall into in the future. Um, but my other I don't know whether it's a it's a worry, but I mean, I've got friends in countries, third world countries, where tourism is is a major part of it, and job wise, you mm-hmm. know, their livelihoods. So some of my friends have said, you know, they've lost their jobs and stuff. So those developing countries, like for example, Peru, I've got a friend in Peru, and he was saying he worked for G Adventures, that you know, he got well, not made redundant, but they've had to lay him off. Mm. Those types of people and that type of country, it might take years, you know, countries like the US, UK, Australia, Germany, whatever, you know, will recover quite easily. But my biggest worry is that the the countries that don't really have the financial backing or the financial input in, in the world, do you see that being a big problem?
2: I hate to say it, but it will be difficult for like Nepal for example, that's one of my favorite countries. Uh, it's so beautiful, you know, and the I mean, the food and the culture. And you have, of course you have Annapurna and Everest Base Camp. So, and those are huge. I mean, like you said, that's where people get all their money to survive. And so I'm hoping that the government, you know, bells them out.
1: You and your dad are actually really close and you've traveled together, about 15 countries together, haven't you, I believe? Look, like-
2: yes. So when I started with the airlines, um, you know, my parents can fly free and then I can have a companion. So like my brother's on there right now. And of course, if I had kids, they would fly free as well. So it's amazing perk to have. And my dad was like, you know what? Like, I got to take advantage of this because you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, so we were like, okay, where do you want to go? And then for me, that's the hardest part is figuring out like, where I want to actually go because there's so many choices, you know. Um, but we decided on Greece, and that was 2011. And ever since then, we try to take a trip for his birthday and a trip for my birthday. And then, of course, you know, if we have time, uh, the same days off, we're like, okay, well, let's go somewhere new.
1: What would be your favorite country then, or favorite? I mean, if you have one out of the 96.
2: That's a great question. It's so hard. I mean, it's Nepal? Yeah. yeah, Nepal. Yeah. I love Nepal. I loved uh, New Zealand. It's kind of pricey, but there's so much to do there. And it's so safe. And you have glaciers and beaches. You have a nice, diverse landscape. Um, I really like India. India's, you know, always be a magical place. And the food is so good. And it's so cheap. And it's fun. I really love India
1: as well. Everyone keeps speaking to it. Everyone keeps saying India is like their favorite place they've been to. And I have to agree, it's an awesome, awesome place. Uh, can you speak more than one language?
2: No, I, I know a little bit of Spanish. Um, and when I lived in China, I was able to get by with Mandarin, but it's so difficult to learn. It's so hard to learn Mandarin because of the, you know, the tones. Yeah. But I, I was able to get by conversationally. Now, I mean, that was over 10 years ago that I was in China. So, yeah, a little bit of Spanish, but that's it. I wish I knew. I really wish I was bilingual. Do you know any?
1: I've got, so I speak obviously English, so Bengali is another one. Hindi, Urdu. I can speak, I mean, French was something I learned in school. When I go Mm -hmm. back, when I go to places where they speak French, it seems to come back but when I'm not there, it just seems to disappear. And Spanish as well, a bit of Spanish, I would say, not great Spanish, but okay Spanish. Again, when I'm in the country, it just it just comes back. But I've actually I got a story actually about the French. Um, so when I was in Paris, someone told me that the French are really rude. So when you go to speak to them, they're very rude back to you. That's a lie because when I started the conversation, I, I would start the conversation in French, they would recognize I've got an English accent and then they'll start speaking English to you. I think that would be the same as to say if someone came up to the UK and started speaking to us, I don't know, in French or Spanish or whatever, I reckon you'd probably get quite a few rude English people saying, go away. I think that's the same. I think the French get a bad, bad name for that. So I found the French really friendly. You know, every time I spoke to them in French, they spoke back in English to me, so um, I think they, it's anywhere you go, you you, you appreciate that they're trying. the us say if they were trying to speak English to you, you appreciate you try, and then you try and maybe f- help them by getting Google Maps out, uh, Google Maps, Google Translate out, and try and translate in their language.
2: Making the effort is is valuable for sure. At least I always try to learn. Thank you in every language that I go, every country yeah. that I go to. Because like you said, it goes a long way when they see that effort. Like, oh, okay, you know. But I wish I had the superpower of knowing every single language in the world. That would be so nice.
1: Right, I think we've come to our end of our talk. Um, Tasha, it's been amazing having you. Thanks for having me. Uh, I shall hopefully speak to you soon and uh, take care.
0: This really was one of my favorite talks. And if you want to stay in contact with Tasha, you can follow her on Instagram on the handle... Turbo Traveller, and she's also the founder of Single Passport. And if you're looking for love, you can follow her on single.passport. That's it for Take a Wonder with Shebs. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms. Until next time, bye for now.